Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hello. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. Both of you back from CES, I would say in one piece, but I think yeah. Amy, <laughs> Amy, oh. Amy did not survive. Amy would dispute that. <laughs> Amy, a couple episodes ago, bragged about how she never gets sick at CES. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all it took. Amy was popping her Zycam every day. I was doing, well, I was doing all the things that I usually do to prevent getting sick, um, except I normally get a lot of sleep at CES, and this time I I couldn't. I wasn't prepared enough for some things, and I had too much stuff to do while we were there, so I wasn't taking care of myself. Who knows if that made a difference? There was a vicious, vicious flu going around CES, um, but I caught it, and it was bad. And I even had a flu shot. They said the flu this year that's attacking everyone was not included in the flu vaccine. I just read a whole thing on it. Which can't they just do it now? <laughs> they just like No, it takes like 6 months or something to grow it. It's crazy. And it, even though I had a flu shot, it was still pretty bad. But it wasn't as bad as a full-blown flu. I can tell you that. Like it, there was like one super bad day, two crappy days, and now I'm just kind of like, could I sleep for 12 hours? But like, other than <laughs> that, I'm okay. Um, but, you know, if I had had the full blown flu, it would have been four or five really bad days where I had like high fever and shaking and all of that. So, well, we were worried about you. Oh, Very. thank you. But we have a special guest today. We do. So fresh from CES and not sick, <laughs> we have <laughs> Suzanne Cantra, the founder and editor-in-chief of Techlicious. Hi, Suzanne. Hi. I feel like we have not had you out in a long time, and now we're going to remedy that because <laughs> <laughs> you have the insight into so many things um, at CES. And I don't even think, for our listeners, we do do CES show every year, but I don't think reg- like lay people who aren't super in technology um, know about the Consumer Electronics Show, even though the morning show do a pretty good job of like doing little highlights here and there mm-hmm. um, of what's hot in technology that you may not may see. But Suzanne, I would love for you to kind of talk about what CES is, <laughs> um, what Techlicious is, and what you guys are specifically looking for when you are at CES. So thanks so much for having me. Uh, you- Techlicious is sort of that friend who's very knowledgeable about consumer technology and gives you advice and tells you what you need to be looking out for, you know, whether it's when you're buying a new product or there's something that's happening in the news from a technology standpoint. Uh, And so we serve that role for people. You can log onto the website or subscribe to the newsletter. I've been going to CES for more than 20 years, and CES is really the showcase for what's going to happen within the next year, and then also looking further down the line, uh, five, even 10 years down the line, looking at new emerging technologies, uh, products that sometimes uh, manufacturers are bringing out and saying, do people like this? Is this something that could come to market? As well as things that are slated are even going to be rolling out later that month. Uh, and so it's a great way to be able to sort of see across a wide variety of categories in the tech world. So, I mean, CES, I want to just kind of explain to people that it's this massive convention um, in Las Vegas. I think it's the biggest one 
of all, right? Like, I mean, there's a million shows that go on in Las Vegas it's, during the It's year. the biggest show. It's the biggest tech show in the U.S. There's a bigger tech show in Berlin every year called IFA, IFA. Um, but this is the biggest tech show in the U.S. Um, last year, there were 175,000 people there and about 4,500 exhibits. And I have to say, I think every year it just gets bigger. I mean, it used to be the convention center. Then it was the convention center in the Sands Conference Center. And now it is just spread like all over every hotel up and down the strip. So it's insane trying to get to everything. So let's talk about that. <laughs> um, I know because since all three of you were there, you know, how how do you decide what needs to be seen? Like, let's just talk about families and our audience and what people are going to, you know, be looking out for, especially things in their homes. Um, you know, let's talk about like breaking down the cool things you guys saw and, you know, how you how you even plan for for seeing everything. So in terms of planning, it, it, the Consumer Technology Association makes it somewhat easier than you would think, you know, as Andrew was saying, it's, the show is huge. It's just gigantic. Um, and uh, they put together these pavilions. So there's the, the family tech pavilion, and then there's a the smart home area. Um, in a different convention center, you have more of the traditional electronics. So things like drones, for instance, or uh, in-car electronics, those are sort of in different areas. So if you did the whole show uh, by yourself, I, I don't think you could really visit every booth, even in the whole week that the show was open. Um, but by concentrating it, it does make it a little bit easier. So what are you guys looking for, Suzanne, when, when Techlicious arrives at CES, you know, what is it that you know that your readers really are going to want to know about? So our readers are interested in any new products that are going to help them solve everyday problems. So uh, those, those simple solutions, those new technologies that are helping a garbage disposal uh, that takes the waste out of the, uh, the sink and puts it into a composting so it doesn't have to go down the drain for those uh, locations where you can't have a garbage disposal per se. Uh, to uh, sensor systems. If you have a, a loved one at home that needs some watching, maybe your your parents are aging in place, uh, sensors that would be able to tell you if their daily routine has changed. So it's those types of ways that technology is helping in everyday life that we're looking for. And then, of course, all of the you know traditional categories where people are looking for the latest and greatest, whether it's TVs or headphones or any other type of entertainment product. All right. So with that, let's Let's just jump in between the three of you. <laughs> let's talk about the best things you guys saw. Um, and then let's talk about, we'll kind of segue right into, um, Suzanne, I know Techlicious does their awards. What, what you really felt was the best of the best. So, yeah. So, of course, if you heard last week's um, podcast, you know that Amy and I were walking the show floor. Well, not so much, but a lot of uh, pre-briefings pre and pre-show um, events that we saw. Um, and we had gone through some things that we were really excited about. And um, Sus I also did work with Suzanne on the best of CES tech. So Suzanne, why don't you um, why don't you start and let us know, um, like, what do you think? What were the kinds of things that really stuck out for, um, I guess, myself and all the other people who were contributing to this? 
So what we're looking for are products that are going to solve everyday problems, be able to make our lives easier. And one thing that I saw that was really exciting to me personally, because I like to cook, is the You by Moen Smart Faucet. Mm -hmm. So what this does is it not only will dispense on demand anywhere from one tablespoon up to 15 gallons, but you can also determine the temperature. So let's say that you're proofing yeast for, for baking bread. You can tell it exactly 113 degrees, one cup of water, and it will come out of the faucet at that precise temperature. So no more waiting around and having to get too cold, too hot. Think about this for baby bottles, but even just for filling up a bottle, if you're going to the gym, you can just tell it to fill your bottle, walk away, come back, put the top on. See, and I love this. Like last night I was cutting chicken and I just like hate touching my faucet when I cut chicken. I just love the whole idea of this faucet that you can, you know, wave your hand and turn it on and off. And now you can get preset temperatures. Amazing. And then you're asking your uh, personal assistant, so either your Alexa device or your Google device, and you just tell it what you want. So you can be across, uh, you know, the away from the faucet and be able to have that happen automatically. And what it does is it presets the temperature. So the water comes out and it runs until it's exactly the precise temperature and waits for you to be able to come over with your uh, measuring cup or whatever it is that you're pouring this into. Um, and then it will dispense the water for you. That's awesome. I have to say as a tea drinker, I'm like super into that. <laughs> like... And aren't there, as for tea, aren't there different temperatures? It goes up to 120 degrees so that you can yeah. get it pretty hot. That's pretty hot. I think, um, I mean, because like green tea, you want a lower temp than black tea. And, you know, and I've gotten so lazy, I just use my Keurig all the time, you know, just as basically a hot water dispenser. That's what it is. Like no one uses pods in our house. It's literally a hot water dispenser. Um, but mm -hmm. taking up, you know, space on my countertop for no reason. Aren't you not supposed to use the hot water from the tap for drinking, though? Like, are, isn't that supposed to be boiled With instant water? hot. I know that like instant hot gets... Um, kind of grody like it gets I don't know it tastes funky <laughs> so I don't know so here's my I, you know I love this and I would get this in a heartbeat you need to have an outlet you need to be able to plug this in oh under your sink yeah and here in New Jersey where I live you can't have a garbage disposal I mean people who have garbage disposals obviously have power run under their sink but we have um, I don't have that so I would have to somehow put in an outlet I do you have an outlet we, we have a garbage disposal, so we have power under there. So I'm sure it wouldn't be... We have a garbage disposal in it, New York City. Um, because we renovated, what was it, about 10 years ago? It was like a couple years after they lifted that restriction. Yeah. 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 So we have a garbage disposal. We have power under there. And I'm definitely getting some kind of faucet like that. <laughs> well, and you have to have a special garbage disposal, correct? It has no. to be able to grind it to a certain... No? Any garbage disposal will do? As far as I know, we didn't have any restrictions. We actually have a garbage disposal that you could put a body into, but I, I don't awesome. think that that was like required. <laughs> no, I like... Our, we love our... We can put chicken bones, avocado pits, anything. Wow. That's amazing. Suzanne, wasn't there a garbage disposal that we were talking about? There is, about? and it's called the Sapura Smart Garbage Disposal. And what happens is that uh, when you have a garbage disposal, sometimes all that sediment and all that ground waste will clog up the pipes. Um, and there are some areas um, in Europe where it's already illegal to have a garbage disposal. Um, and so they, they call these clogs fat burgers. Um, by the way, just just to give you a visual on that. Yum. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so what they've come up with is a way to be able to take those solids out uh, and put them into a composting container underneath your sink. So you would run it down through the garbage disposal and then that sludge is um, moved into this container and all the water will drain out of it. And then once the container fills, then you can either use that for compost yourself or you can send that back into the company and they can repurpose your waste. So it's a nice green solution. You do. (laughs) Well, I mean, think about it. I mail back my, my Nespresso capsules, right? So, you know, there's garbage going through the mail. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, our farm, I can know we could take it to the farmer's market. So like, do do you need power for this? Uh, I presume you do. I'm assuming that you would need power for this because it is, yeah, absolutely. I love one of the things the company said, no fruit flies. Oh, (laughs) no fruit flies. Because fruit flies kill me in the summer. Well, this this is really interesting because we have a place that has um, a septic tank. And so we can't have or we're not supposed to have a garbage disposal there. And that just kills me. And so I wonder if this would work with that. I would think so, because the the liquid that's coming out is truly liquid and it takes out all of the solids. And so anything would be going into your septic tank would be sludge free, which is definitely a huge benefit. OK, I'm writing that one down because that that might work for us. And Amy, you're in a big space, you know, with lots of land, so you can just go out and dump it and make a compost pile. That's true. You don't even have to mail it back. Wow. CES. (laughs) So green. Was green stuff like a big deal at CES this year, sustainability? Yes. Yes. You know, something we, I think we talked about this, um, Hydroloop. There's a company called Hydroloop that is, it's a startup and they're doing stuff like they're recycling household water. I think they're taking bathtub water or shower water and then they clean it and then they use that water not to drink don't get grossed out but to flush toilets right so it's a way of like repurposing the water in your home and reducing water consumption um and it's expensive it's like three or four thousand dollars for a unit i think but god they had a lot of really cool sustainability stuff yeah like my sister lives in saint thomas and i think they have to pay a couple thousand dollars every time they have a truck fill up the water cistern on their roof you know if it doesn't rain enough like that that could save them money just think about all the water you use that you don't necessarily need pure clean potable water for right most things there was another product that we gave an award to that also is along these lines it's called uh, the rexy hydro panel it's by a, a company called zero mass and you basically put these solar panels on your roof and that's the electricity component, and it will suck water out of the air. Um, it costs about $2,500, and it's going on sale this summer, and um, it will not take care of all of your drinking water needs, but it will take care of a lot of them. Um, and so it's it's a great way to be able to um, get water if you're not either you're cut off from the grid for some reason you live in an environment where you are cut off at for periods of time this lets you be totally on your own you know with your own water source that seems like a good idea for california mm-hmm. <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> um so what else um smart home wise cuz i i feel like you know the infiltration of um 
the different voice assistants, which I'm not going to say out loud because then mine, I realize, will start talking. Um, <laughs> but I feel like more and more things are just becoming integrated and it's some just expected at this point. Yeah. There's no question with the, the voice activated stuff, as we mentioned, the, the smart faucet is voice activated. Uh, w one thing that I saw um, was the uh, Mamaru sleep bassinet. Um, and that will let your um, infant be rocked to sleep with different uh, settings and enable you to be able to track it through its app. Um, and so, you know, you, you want to be able to have these different types of technologies taking care of things from afar. So if you're a, you're a parent and you want to be able to comfort your child but not have them wake fully by you going over and actually interacting with them, getting them into that sleep pattern, um, the uh, Four Moms Mamaru Sleep Bassinet is going to be a great way to do that. And it's not that expensive. It's $239. It's going to be available in February. Um, so, you know, especially for those first-time parents, you know, where you're very anxious to be able to be checking on them and you want to go soothe them all the time, this is going to be a great innovation. Or if you have a baby who, like, won't sleep without movement, like if you have to I right, remember driving car. my son right, <laughs> right. around the I mean, We'd have to leave our legal parking space <laughs> in oh. New York City yeah. and drive around in the car. And so, I mean, this this is far more affordable than I thought for what it offers, I have to say. But just it moves in all different directions and, and has white noise. And I, I was just like, man, I wish I had this. <laughs> Absolutely. That, in addition to the baby cameras, those are probably the two things that I would have really benefited from as a new first-time parent, or not even a first-time parent, a second or third-time parent. Or a mother of a teenager. <laughs> those cameras come in handy. That is true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, another uh, piece of it is sort of on the other side of the generation. So from baby and then, you know, being in the sandwich generation, you know, I am also concerned about my parents and I tried so many different things to try and sort of keep tabs on my parents uh, in an unobtrusive way. I put in like little monitors so lights would turn on so my mom wouldn't trip when she was going to the bathroom, those types of things. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of effort being put into these um, systems that are non-invasive, that aren't cameras, they're not feeling that they're being watched, and yet will um, provide data to be able to give you some meaningful um, insight into how mom and dad are doing if they decide that they want to age in place. Um, this is going to give you um, more more information about that. So uh, we saw the Caregiver Smart Solutions Aging at Home Kits, and uh, it'll do things like um, tell you that you're your parents going to the bathroom more frequently. So maybe you should check in and find out whether mom has UTI symptoms, for instance. Um, see how often the refrigerator has been opened. See what, you know, if they haven't got, gotten out of bed all day. Um, so these little things where they're not actually being watched, but their motion can tell you whether or not they're behaving normally. Wow, that seems great. I mean, I do, I mean, it's such a weird thing because I know it's not a camera, but I wonder how many parents would still be okay with that. I think people are more okay with that than a camera. I a mean, camera no I, I put a, I put a camera in my mom's house, but you know, it had to be in a very public place, but I think this is less invasive. I mean, it's just a series of sensors, you know, and it's, yeah. it's almost like since they don't see it, 
you know, they don't really know that every time they open the refrigerator, you know, you know how many times they're opening the refrigerator. It's, I, I just think that it's less intrusive and less invasive. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just how you use it. Like, you know, if you're saying, okay, my mom has been in bed for 23 hours, that's not good. Let's figure out what's going on. That's different than like, hey, mom, why were you up till two in the morning? Right. What's going on? You know, like it's it, as long as you're just using it to alert you when something could be seriously wrong instead of just spying. Right. Right. I mean, Suzanne, I'm sure it would give you peace of mind, right? Knowing that everything's okay. Absolutely. So I, I went through this with my parents. They were at home and t- they were staying at home until like a year and a half. Yeah, not even a year and a half, a little over a year ago. And it was this constant conversation about, I don't, we all, the children all thought that our parents were not being safe in their house and they didn't want to move into an assisted living place. Um, and they're not, they're in, in a, um, independent living place. Um, but that also, that has, um, panic buttons and other things in there and their staff to know whether they've eaten or they've been seen throughout the day. Um, but it comes down to that conversation that you have with your parents and say, okay, so you want to live at home, but we want to make sure you're not, you haven't fallen and you're not moving around and nobody knows because you can't get to the phone. And so this is sort of that halfway step, right? It's a, it's a, it's, you know, a compromise. Yes, it is a little bit invasive into their privacy because somebody can see sort of what they're doing. Um, but on the other hand, it's so much less um, in terms of either the cost of paying for a, a caregiver to come into the house um, or, you know, f- to have cameras or, you know, something or to even go to an assisted living place. I mean, it, it comes in between those places. Right. It's so much better than the like, I know my grandmother would never wear that necklace thing. Like she just wouldn't wear it. So just didn't know. Like, <laughs> she well, just my mom bought one for her mother and then when when my grandmother fell and was on the bathroom floor for about two and a half days and nobody knew um when we finally got to her my mom was like why didn't you click on the necklace and she said oh i don't wear that thing i was afraid it would strangle me right that's my grandmother my grandmother pushed it once and they came the emts came you know in three seconds and she did not like that all of a sudden they all showed up because she had like at that point gotten herself back up and she was like nope wow yeah, and my mom, you know, wouldn't wear it because when they came, they insisted that she go to the hospital. Right. So, like, her fear was, no, if I push this button, I'm going to the hospital. I just want to get up off the floor. Right. So it is it is a nice way of just knowing, you know, yes, your mom right. is in bed or they've been to the bathroom. Or even when Amy was sick a few days ago. <laughs> okay. And Amy's never, like, her phone is never off. She never runs out of battery, including the fact that I knew there were 12 battery chargers in her room. <laughs> and I didn't hear from her. And I was really worried, you know, and I had to call the hotel. But if there was a way of just like, okay, she's in bed, she's sleeping, she's good. It's true. I needed a monitor. You it is a, a funny thing. It's I, you know, it's funny because I think about that all the time because I'm so used to seeing where my family is all the time, like my kids and my husband, because just from, you know, find my whatever on the iPhone that I get totally frustrated that I can't see everyone I know. (laughs) I'm like, boy, because when, I mean, like that example too, like Andrea then called me and was like, well, Amy, what do we, should we do? I'm like, I can't see her. her." Call Um, the hotel. Right. And it's funny because when I told that to my daughters, they were like, oh, you need like the snap mat, like a snap map on Snapchat. You could see where all your friends are. I'm like, oh "Oh, my God, that's too weird. Oh God, um, no. (laughs) 
but it, you do get really used to um, keeping tabs on the people in your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more thing, because um, I know that we could go on forever, and I'm sure there's tons more, but one more thing in the uh, best of CES for Techlicious um, that I am so excited about is Withings has a new scan watch. So the Withings, I wear the Withings smartwatch uh, and get complimented on how it looks all the time because it's kind of a hybrid. It's an analog looking watch, but it gives me, you know, the steps, the text messages, heart rate, fitness, all that kind of stuff. But what they've done this year is they've added two really important um, medical tools that could really potentially save your life, they've added um, an atrial fibrillation alert. So they'll tell you if you've got an irregular heartbeat, because a lot of times people don't know this. And the other thing is it will tell you if you have um, sleep apnea. Nobody wants to go get a sleep test. I know, Amy, you've talked about that with your mm -hmm. husband. Um, my husband had a sleep test and wound up wearing, you know, like really getting one of those oxygen masks, those CPAP machines, and it made such a difference. And so... Um, instead of having to go to a doctor and get this test, this gives you kind of an early warning. It doesn't necessarily mean you have it, but it means you should go talk to your doctor. My favorite part about this is I have a heart arrhythmia and my cardiologist has always said, I wish we could just get, you know, an ECG of it when it happens, which I've never been able to do. And with this, if the watch detects an irregular heartbeat, it'll actually prompt you to take that ECG. You just hold the bezels for 30 seconds. I saw them do this and it was pretty incredible. And then you can just email it to your doctor. That's crazy. So it's taking it from your wrist. Yeah. It's, um, I, it's like looking at your blood. It's detecting something. It's determining the oxygen saturation levels. Um, wow. so yeah, it's pretty cool. And that's for the sleep apnea. For, I'm sorry, it, for the sleep apnea. Yeah. And for the for the heart rate, it's looking, it, it's of course doing your heart rate and giving you the, right. the pattern of your heartbeat. Right. And I think that's something about holding the bezel in that particular way that it's, it's uh, uh, triggering that uh, recording of your heart rate. When yes. you turn it over, does it have the little lights on the bottom? Yep. Is it doing it's got the those, optical? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's got the green lights that flash on the bottom. Which is really cool. And, it, you know, that's, and again, it's not that expensive. It's beautiful. Only $250 um, for the 38 millimeter version of it. So, you know, this is something that, you know, we were talking about older people not wanting to wear something that looks really medical. Um, but this could be you know, something good for somebody who wants to be able to have that type of medical um, information and wants something that's beautiful at the same time. Um, and that sort of does, does both. I mean, that, that's why I like the Apple Watch um, so much. We got one for my mother-in-law, and it has the fall detection. So, again, people don't want to wear the thing that looks like, you know, the medic alert, you know, press the button. But being able to have something that if she did fall down in her house and she was alone, that it could call emergency services if she didn't respond. You know, the, all those things are just um, elevating you know, our safety levels and our feelings that, you know, our loved ones are safer. There was this hilarious thing on uh, the James Corden show, I don't know, about a month ago, where he does this, this thing where he asks people in the audience trivia questions. And basically, if your entire row can answer all of the questions right, your entire row wins money. And everybody gets really nervous because like your entire row is depending on you. And this one woman, she got her question right. And then just like 
flopped down in her chair in relief so hard that he had moved on to the next person and all of a sudden they could hear her Apple Watch like calling for help because they thought that she had fallen. It was so funny. <laughs> that is funny. They should use this yeah. ad. Um, so yeah. what else is on your, your Techlicious Best of CES list? So uh, another piece that we liked a lot, um, and this is sort of forward-looking, um, it's called um, Parallel Reality, and it's going to be previewed by Delta in the Detroit airport. Oh, I'm going to be there in April. <laughs> oh, okay. So this might apply to you at that point. So you come in, and once you check in, it's going to take a scan of your body so it can recognize you. And then when you go up to a monitor, it will show just your information to you. So it has little mirrors in the back so that you're just showed your information. And if somebody next to you is also looking, it will just show their information. So you could be seeing uh, information on going to Hong Kong where the, the person next to you could be seeing information on gate information and delays for going to Los Angeles, for instance. Or when you come off, it will tell you where your baggage claim is. And if somebody else um, walks up, it'll show their information. So making uh, the process just a lot more streamlined for anybody who's going to the airport and trying to find information uh, personal and relative to them. So we'll see how that uh, that works wow, out. But that I mean, sounds it, like it has all kinds of privacy implications. <laughs> Holy moly. Okay. So, <laughs> but okay. So th th think about it this way. A, the, the airlines have all sorts of personal information about yes. you anyway, right? Um, Delta is has already previewed the whole um, you know board with your face. I don't know how much traction that's gotten, um, but what they're doing is they're doing a body shape. They're not doing uh, you know which could change depending on what outfit you're wearing and whether you have a yeah, coat or like not. In the winter, and, you know, yeah, if like you've been at CES yeah, exactly. for a week, <laughs> right? Right, right, like, hello, exactly. Potato, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> which is why they do it when you arrive. So. Any information they would get for you on one day wouldn't necessarily be pertinent on a different day. And in some ways that protects your privacy more uh, because it's not, you know, it, it's not like they're scanning your skin. It's not like they can see underneath your clothing. So, And the other thing, wow. the other thing that, that I think is going to have major implication um, is the new Bluetooth protocol. Yes. It is called the Bluetooth LE Audio Spec. And, you know, this is really cool because it does a couple of different things. One is it's going to let you uh, be able to share um, your audio with another person. So, you know, they have different types of adapters that you can use to do that these days. Uh, but now if you were watching something on your laptop or looking at something on your phone, you could just um, allow somebody to listen in to whatever you are watching on your, your device. And so now you don't have to cable headphones together. Um, it just, you're broadcasting the audio from your device to, you know, specific people. Um, the other thing that it does is it allows you to be able to have very low latency uh, Bluetooth for rear channel speakers. So, you know, we've seen manufacturers develop this for, you know, TVs and, and other um, home theater situations for their own products. But now you could use any Bluetooth speaker as that rear channel so you can get that wonderful room filling sound. And, you know, the low latency means that you get the audio all at the same time. You're not going to have to worry about the sounds being out of sync with what you're seeing on the television. So these are uh, 
this is a specification that they announced. The products are going to be coming out uh, starting in 2021. But I'm really excited um, about this because there are a number of times where you can see this being really useful for people. And then there's also the public information uh, where you could tune into a broadcast, um, whether that's at you know a sports arena, you want to listen into um, your native language uh, and be able to hear the translation um, or, or a conference. There's lots of different applications for this. I'm just thinking about when I was, you know, 12 on the school bus offering one of my wired earbuds to a guy that I liked so that he had to like get his head close to mine in order to listen. <laughs> it's gonna, that's going to cut that out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you might not be married. No, it'll make your hearing aid better, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably great for gaming. Like when, you know, one of my pet peeves is the people who have multiple kids on an airplane or even in the park. And so they just play whatever they're playing out Ugh. loud so the kids can share um, yes. rather than having an earphone split or whatever. And it's so annoying. It would be so much better if everyone could just tune into the same thing and just not bother the rest of us. Absolutely. You know, another um, technology solution um, that we saw was from TiVo, um, they, the TiVo 4K stream. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm always forgetting what uh, app I need to access to watch a particular show. Was it Stars? Was it Amazon Prime? Was it Netflix? And what TiVo is doing is they're bringing everything into one guide. And so it is show-centric. Uh, um, and so they have not only, you know, the your the shows and they'll suggest shows that are based on what your viewing patterns. Um, but then it will also have all of those real time uh, channels as well. So if you subscribe to, say, CBS Interactive, for instance, um, you would be able to see what is on on your streaming channels in one program guide. And so this sort of goes back to the the cable you know, TV interface where you can see what's going to be on at nine o'clock. Now you can see what's on of all your streaming apps that have that linear programming all at the same time. So it just makes it so much easier to find those disparate pieces of uh, content that you're looking for. That's so cool. And then it'll tell you obviously which app and it will just bring it in for you if you wanted to, you know, choose something specific. So let's say that you're a Hulu subscriber and you don't have the premium version of it and don't want to see the ads. You notice that it's also available in another service that doesn't have ads and you can choose which platform to, to watch it on. It's crazy how hard it is to discover content now. Like it's just, it's overwhelming. Well, yeah. I mean, the algorithm just gives you what you've seen, you know, and maybe two or three things. And people keep saying, have you seen this? It's on Netflix. Have you seen this documentary? And I, I feel like I never, ever have any idea what's on except for what I'm watching. Or like one of my kids will text me and be like, hey, I'm going to buy such and such movie. And I'll be like, wait, I think we own it somewhere. Right. And then I have to check like 12 <laughs> different places to see if we bought it at some point. Exactly. And, you know, this this makes it a lot easier. You know, um, Roku also lets you search and it'll show you the different programs, but it doesn't give you that sort of cohesive look in terms of, you know, uh, uh, the programming guides. Uh, you have to know what you're looking for. It's not going to it's not going to suggest movies or, or, or TV series for you um, in this more all inclusive format. That's really cool. So did any of you guys see Brilliant? Yes, I did see Brilliant. So. 
Brilliant is a smart panel. So typically when you invest in an expensive custom install project, so if you did a control four or some other like custom install uh, for your house so that you have lighting and you have your thermostat and you have sound and all and of that stuff integrated into one again cameras into one system. And then you buy these expensive panels and you can access everything and it's beautiful interface. But if you're somebody who's doing this on your own and you've already invested in a bunch of different things, what Brilliant does is they give you that beautiful panel and underneath it are all of your DIY smart bulbs and, and other devices. And so it makes it really easy for you to have a nice, clean um, way to access all of your smart devices at home. So I think it's pretty cool. I thought it was really cool. And like if you can if you can replace a light switch, like it's it's the light switch panels. And so it's really easy to install. There are a bunch of different kinds that you can get. It um, integrates with Ring and Sonos. Um, you can, I thought the really cool thing was like, you can have a camera on, let's say the one in uh, the living room and a camera in the one in your kid's bedroom and a camera in your bedroom for security. But you don't want you know, your your kids and your living room to be able to see the camera in your bedroom. So you can password protect that. I, I just thought it was neat. It's, I mean, it's very, I mean, it's brilliant as, <laughs> as they, I'm sure, like to say, uh, you know, because you have to, if you've invested the time in setting this up, you want the rest of your time using all your smart devices to be as easy as possible. And it sounds like this is something they've done a good job of, of creating. Yeah. That's and funny because it, it sounds like, what it used to be when you had to pay someone, you know, I mean, I worked for a billionaire many, many years ago. And like, that was the thing was having this very integrated, you know, it was like lights, and it was a projector screen, and it was all sorts of stuff. But it had it was like on a special panel that like came right. up from the table. <laughs> <laughs> and you pushed the sound thing and the projector thing, and it never worked. And we were calling <laughs> that guy to come every week to fix something and figure it out. Um, but that's basically just a much more easy to use version that is now accessible to everyone because of smart devices. Right. Now right. you and, and your screwdriver... DIY. Yeah, you can just install it yourself. And, you know, each one isn't cheap. Like if you get one with a camera and, you know, the other stuff, you can pay a few hundred dollars for that little panel. But then if you leave, you can also take it with you very easily. Yeah, so. it's better than $20,000 for some dude to yeah. come hook all that up for you in your house like it used to be. It used Definitely. to be so prohibitive. And that's what's so cool about, I think, what we saw at CES is that all of these technologies, and as Suzanne said, you know, that, that make your life easier and that kind of solve simple problems for you. Um, they're getting easier. I mean, you know, setting up a smart home or even putting in smart home devices, so many people were afraid of and timid, but they're getting so much more user friendly and they're they're being thought through, right? Like maybe you do want to password protect the bedroom camera. Like they're thinking through, okay, think? what problem can <laughs> I solve, right? And, and that's what's cool. That's what I think we saw a lot of this year at CES is that it's really becoming more mainstream to say, hey, this is a problem for me and I can use technology to solve it. I mean, there's always going to be the crazy AI and the VR and the, you know, my God, the gaming laptops were unbelievable and, you know, foldable laptops. But really, when you think about it, um, we saw a lot that is meaningful to our audience on Parenting Bites, to Suzanne's on Techlicious, um, just about how to solve simple problems and what technology is worth it, you know, what we should be keeping an eye on. 
Yeah. Um, you know, the Kohler Moxie has gotten a lot of press. It's a it's a speaker that fits into your shower head, like magnetically, so you can pull it out and use it outside of the shower if you want. Oh, yeah. I and, saw that. And it has Alexa. And that has solved my problem of not having Alexa in my shower, because I cannot tell you how many times I think of like a reminder, a shopping list item, a story idea, and I'm in the shower. And then by the time I get out, it's gone from my head because I'm old and forgetful. Um, so I definitely want to get that. And there was another thing I saw that I, I thought solved a really unique problem, which was called Wallbox. And it's it's for charging electric cars and it works i don't know anything about electric cars because i live in brooklyn and until they figure out how to charge them with <laughs> street <luck>. parking <laughs> yeah it's not going to happen um but apparently there's a very popular type of plug so if you if your car charges with this type of plug you could use the wall box and it's bi-directional so let's say that you're in San Francisco and they're going to cut off your power for three days because they don't know how to handle not starting fires or whatever was happening this year. Um, if you have a Nissan Leaf that's fully charged, you can now run your house off of your car for up to four days. Wow. Wow. That seems better than a generator. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like a mobile generator. Go somewhere else, charge it, bring it back to your garage, plug it in. You're you're uh, you're running your house. So yeah, I, I think that there were so many products like that that just solved a problem. I think that's really great. It's better than just, um, you know, making another thing connected for no reason. <laughs> and you definitely see some of that. <laughs> okay, I think uh, the only other thing that I have, um, there is this company called Now Mobile. And they make phone accessories like chargers and like those ring kickstand things that you put on the back of your phone, really pretty ones, earbuds, speakers, things like that. And they announced at CES that in 2020, they're going to make a donation to the Make-A-Wish Foundation for each mobile accessory that they sell. And you can see like if you go to the product page, and we'll put a link to it, um, if you go to product page, it'll tell you how much they'll donate if you buy that item. You know, it's usually one or two dollars, which for like a 20 or 30 dollar item, that's really nice. And they're hoping to raise a million dollars this year for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So good on Now Mobile for using CES in that way to make that announcement. That's a nice thing. It's great when you see tech companies giving back that way. Um, so that is our best of CES. Thank you, Suzanne, so much for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. We have to have you on again when it's not just because <laughs> it was a massive consumer electronics show. Um, but there's constantly new tech coming out and new interesting things for families. Um, so we will definitely link to Techlicious, of course, on our show page. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.